You know, I still have that carrot liquor. No. <laughs> it's not a good decision. How much do you have? It's the same fucking bottle. <laughs> just, like, nobody wants to drink well, yeah, it. Well, I was going to say, you're not just drinking it on a Tuesday, are you? I mean, it's it's just potent stuff. It is. You should start fires with it. You could, probably. You should become a fire breather in the circus. Except you oh, have to quit right. when you, you ran out what? of carrot Summer, Summer's almost over. I think it's time to put some bricks out, like charcoal bricks out, and just try it. Okay. Just, like, take a mouthful of carrot liquor and light a match and just see if I can light the grill with it. I think it's a fine choice. I bet I can. I bet you can, too. <laughs> I don't really want to try Shit's 190 proof. Yeah. I bet you could do the same if you had rubbing alcohol I was gonna say, or it, it jet really is. fuel. Welcome to another installment of The Daily Screening. My name, as always, is Daily, and uh, joining me tonight, we have my partner in post-noir crime, Bart Devon. Hey, Bart. Post-noir, is that a thing? Post-noir. No, it wasn't a thing until I went to buy tickets for uh, this week's uh, feature, uh, Sim City, uh, Sin City, A Dame to Kill. Sim, Sim, Sim City. Oh, Look, man. If why this had been that? Sim City, A Dame to Kill, that would have been a much better movie. <laughs> I would have been way more excited about that. Uh, no, Sin City, when I went to buy our tickets on Fandango, the genre listed was post-noir. I said, I didn't know that was a thing. I think Robert Rodriguez invented that. I think Fandango's making shit up for Robert Rodriguez. Hey, you know what? I'll take it. It's not inaccurate. Well, it's not a lot of things. Yeah, it's not 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 inaccurate. Uh, so yes, this week we're talking Sin City, a dame to kill for, and uh, just because that wasn't enough. Yeah, because it isn't. We turned it into a Robert Rodriguez double feature, and we paired it with Machete Kills. Uh, so we're going to talk about both of those fine films this evening. Uh, but first, we're gonna we're gonna talk newsy stuff. Newsy. What's been going? Not newsy stuff. Uh, there will be no Christian Bale singing songs about mm, papes. That's not. That's not happening. Mm-mm. Much t- as my wife would love it. Uh, no. Uh, kibosh. Kiboshed. Bam. Bam. What Bam. do we got? Uh, well, first of all, we've got Ant Man. Ant Man's finally filming. It's a real movie. It's a real movie. It's really happening for real. Uh, it's they're filming. They're doing a couple weeks in San Francisco, yep. um, and then they move to Atlanta. They wait, do wait, most wait. of their filming. Are, are in they going to make the Golden Gate Bridge fly across the bay? I certainly hope not. Uh, I, in fact, I'm really hoping there are no big set pieces that involve like hell to pay on the Golden Gate Bridge because I'm kind of sick of watching that. Poor Golden Gate Bridge, man. I know, right? It's like the Chrysler Building. It just never makes it out the other end. Never. Um, but yeah, no, so we've got some, we've had some, uh, you know, they've been filming for a couple of days, uh, like late since last week, so there've been some spy shots, so, you know, people, people who wandered into, you know, they're filming out on the streets, so they've taken pictures with their cell phones and shit. Yeah. Nothing super interesting yet, I mean, uh, mostly it's just, like, Paul Rudd in a denim jacket and a hoodie, um, 
but he must be some kind of miscreant. Yeah, well, he's yeah, wearing he's, a hoodie. Yeah, exactly, right. Um, there was actually a picture I saw today, which was uh, it's, it's you know it's kind of cute. I bet it's one of those things that you won't even notice in the actual movie, but the picture just happened to be him, and he was standing in front of some like faded uh, uh, posters on the side of a building for this like uh, South American green soda uh beverage that it's it was featured in uh the ed norton incredible hulk like he's working at a soda factory oh. in that movie and remember he like oh, his yeah. blood gets in I the soda that. bottle and yeah, then stanley hulks yeah. out uh so there was like a, a ad for that brand of soda uh on the wall behind him and i'm sure it's one of those things where it'll be like it'll be in the background like you won't even notice it but it'll be somewhere you know yeah but it's like i like those details i mean you know that feels like yeah, yeah. you know again it's that cohesive world building kind of stuff I, you know i i well as long I as it makes shit. sense i mean i remember when there was stuff from cloverfield in the background of star trek that was just like <laughs> what the all right yeah, well that's just like abram's stuff uh, well, I mean, but you know, it's it's not entirely dissimilar. Yeah, Abrams always has the uh, the the slusho. Is that what it is? Something. Yeah, slusho. I think uh, slusho mix. So like Star Trek, they ask for it, and yeah. uh, uh, Cloverfield, they talk about it. So that slusho shows up in all the Abrams stuff. Uh, Tarantino does the same thing with uh, the red apple cigarettes uh, in in both bunch of his movies. Yeah, um, yeah. It's those it's those little director flourishes. You know, I I, I it's think fine. That stuff. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so, so that's happening. Uh, there's a little, there's a shot of, we, uh, Evangeline Lily posted an Instagram picture of her haircut, which is very old school wasp haircut. Mm -hmm. Um, she's not playing the wasp per se, but, uh, she's not playing Janet Van Dyne, who right. was the wasp. She's yep. playing her daughter. Um, but, I mean, you know, look, you don't, Evangeline Lily is an ass kicking lady. You don't cast her in a Marvel movie unless you're going to give her some asses to kick, right? So I... One would hope. I assume she will be winged at some point, um, but uh, but yeah, no. We and then there's all, all you know, a whole bunch of people added to the cast too. Um, I want to see uh, Michael Douglas, Hank Pym. Yeah, no, I'm, so I'm excited really excited to see because... Michael Douglas. I'm also, you know, I'm curious to see how the suit ends up looking too. Because uh, there was that. Did you ever see that test footage that they put out a while back that Edgar Wright saw, actually I shot? I saw something. Yeah. Um, that suit looked good. Uh, I, you know, I'm curious to see. Well, it looked like the Ant Man suit. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious to see how dramatically it'll it'll change in the the final version. But uh, you know, it could be could be interesting. We are going to get some John Slattery as Howard Stark again, uh, who we saw in Iron, Iron Man Two. Oh, that um, Howard Stark. Yeah. So we're going to have yeah, another yeah. and and uh, the the younger Howard Stark from yeah. Captain America. Well, he's going to show up again in uh, this new uh, Agent Carter series that we're going to get in mm -hmm. the winter or the spring. I think it's in the winter. I think it's going to be on during the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. hiatus, so I think it'll be wintertime. Mm. Um, but that's going to be World War II era setting, so we're going to get young Howard Stark in that, mm -hmm. uh, and then we're going to have the sort of older 60s era Howard Stark, which, you know, I'm, I don't know if we've if they've actually technically pinned down exactly when Howard Stark dies. I mean, I'm sure it's there somewhere, because we've seen, like, newspaper headlines saying, you know, yeah. showing, you know, death of Howard Stark or whatever, but I don't, and I'm sure there's a date on those newspapers, but I don't know what it is, but that's like 60s era Howard Stark. I'm really hoping we get, like, 70s. Stark, like I want to see, like like Stark and Pym in the seventies. I want to see like a pimped out seventies Michael Douglas. That's what I want to see. Oh my god! I mean, how great, well, how great uh, yeah, would I mean, that be, right? Of course, because you can only you can't age you can only age him back so far. You Michael know? Douglas, yeah. Well, he's not young. No, he's not. So it's like you know, I, I don't know if you can age him all the way down to like the sixties and also 
2015, you know? No. 70s, you know, you could do, if you do, like, mid-late 70s, maybe you can get away with that a little bit better. Uh, but it'll depend, you know, we'll see. Maybe they'll Terminator 3 him. Ooh. Or uh, X3, where they digitally Ooh. fuck up uh, Patrick Stewart's face. That's, that's so creepy. creepy. That's, that's pure Uncanny Valley right I know, there. and I've rewatched it recently, and man, that shit just does not hold up. That no. shit is weird. It, well, it didn't look good to begin with. No. Yeah, no, it was never It was never good. Hold up. It, it, there's nothing for it to hold up against. Yeah, no, it's just... Just hold up against the wall and shoot it. Give you shit night... Give you yeah. nightmares. Give you shit nightmares. I like that. <laughs> nightmares of shit. Night, night rivers of shit in your nightmares. God. Uh, so uh, so yeah. So Ant Man's happening. So that's very exciting. I'm, I mean, look, I'm sad about Edgar Wright being gone, obviously, but I, I still think this could be a good movie. I, I feel bad for Peyton Reed. It's like that's like kind of an impossible standard for him to live up to because everybody loves Edgar Wright. Nobody yeah. doesn't like Edgar Wright. There are people mm-hmm. who don't know who he is. Yeah, and there's people who love him, and there's very little in between. I mean. I know people who don't like Scott Pilgrim, uh, but I do. Yeah, I think I think those people are silly people. Um, it's a fun movie. And, yeah, I and think, the audio work is amazing. Yeah, actually. no, it is. Uh, I think, I, but I think the people who don't like Scott Pilgrim, I, you know, I don't. I think they have trouble keying into the like video game aspect, like you know, Which of is that movie. Kind of the point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if like that doesn't hold any value to them, then it just becomes like a lot of flashing lights and noise, and I don't understand what's happening. Uh, whereas, like you know, the Cornetto stuff is like you know that's just wonderful. Yeah. Um, and, but that actually leads me into very nicely. You know, Edgar Wright. Uh, we also got an announcement last week that Edgar Wright and uh, Simon Pegg are going to be. Teaming up on some new some new projects as well. They're gonna they're started writing a new movie now. Edgar's got a very full plate right now. He's got this baby driver movie that he's been working on for a couple years. I don't know what it's about, but it's got a terrible fucking title. Um, Transporter Six. Uh, yeah, I want it to be Transporter with an infant. I don't think. I mean, that would be wonderful. I don't think that's it. Um, and then he's also uh, he's also tied to this uh, adaptation of this book called, uh, I think it's called Grasshopper Jungle, um, which is about, like, giant grasshoppers who... It's like a giant monster movie with grasshoppers, I think. Okay. Um, but the protagonists are all, like, Do uh, they call them kids. Mutos? I doubt it. Because... Uh, but that's probably a good thing. You know. I hope they call them Hoppos. Oh, dear. Grassos. <laughs> Grassants. Gra- Grassants. Grass- Grassants. Like uh, mutants. Mutants. Grass ants. Grass tants. Uh, so, but he's he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna work on another. Uh, he and Simon Pegg are working on a script. That's um, good. And they, you know, they, you know, nobody knows what it'll be. I don't think they even have a huge handle on it per se, because um, it's gonna be way down the line. But you know, they said, look, this is not gonna be the, the Cornetto trilogy was one thing, and this will be a different thing, and that's good. I mean, I yeah, yeah. I don't need it to be. I don't need a. I like those movies having that sort of through line and having thematic connections, but I don't need, you know, Edgar Wright, for example. I don't need a Edgar Wright universe, you know. Like I don't want all of the character. I don't want Sean uh, and and all of. I don't want all those characters to be in the same universe. But I do like, you know, if there's a Cornetto in a background of a scene, yeah, it's fine. Somebody, there's somebody eating a cornetto in a shot somewhere. That's fine. Yeah, you know. Uh, but I like them do really kind of saying, no, no, no. Well, that was then, and now we're doing something different. And I like that. All right. God, I, I sound like ass. 
My uh, my nose is completely stuffed up, and I sound like balls. What what exactly do balls sound like? They sound like this. Oh man. Uh, so let's see a couple other things. Uh, Scoot McNary, who uh, is I'm sorry, in Scooby Doo, Scooby 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 Snacks. Uh, <laughs> Scoot McNary, who uh, he was in Argo, he's on uh, AMC's show Halt and Catch Fire about the birth of the PC era. Um, he's gonna be he's in the Dawn of Justice, the Men of Steel we, versus okay, the Night of Dark. To call this thing just like some <laughs> because shorthand. Warner Brothers didn't bother to do it. We need to come up with something better. Well, I mean, maybe they're gonna do an Edge of Tomorrow when it finally comes out. And change, oh yeah, just change, change the, the title, title, which is. Hilarious but ridiculous. Yeah, that mo- that awkward moment when you realize that your tagline and your movie title should be swapped. should be swapped around. Yeah, exactly. Hey, better late than never, right? Um, so yeah, so uh, Scoot McNary's in Edge in nah, he's not in Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> he's in Dawn of Justice, um, and he no even. They announced that a long time ago, but nobody knew who he was playing. I mean, he's one of those guys that. You know, he's equally believable he could be a main hero character, or he could just be, like, a lawyer in some scene somewhere, you we know? We don't know? Yeah, no, they haven't said. But there was a picture, another one of those, someone saw them filming and took a picture with their phone ca- uh, images. Yeah. And he, it's him, and he's wearing, uh, like, a suit, but then he's also wearing big green socks. Like, come all the way up to his knees. And not, like... Hey, he's got characters wearing green socks, but like, uh, like green screen socks, like socks that they are wearing so they can digitally remove his legs later and replace them with something else. Oh, uh, which has led a lot of people to believe that he may be uh. playing the Flash, because then he'd have super fast legs. All right, <laughs> I mean, sure. Uh, I, I love that guy. I don't. Do you? Are you? I have no idea. What you're talking. About you have him. no idea. Okay, good. I think he's great. I love Scoot McNary. I think he's. I think he's wonderful. Um, he was in uh, a movie that you should see. Actually, he was in Monsters, uh, which is uh, get... Ink. No, not Monsters Inc. Ball. No, not that one. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, uh, are there more? <laughs> no, 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 no. We've hit the end of the line. Uh, no, the uh, he was in Monsters. Monsters was the the movie that got gareth edwards the job for godzilla yeah Um, and it was his giant monster movie that he made that he made for like you know stupid little money yeah um and he's the main the like the main guy in that movie and he's great um i think that's kind of movie that put him on the map a little bit but you should watch that you would you would dig it i think it's still it was streaming i think it still is so okay i recommend it all right um there's some. Um, we're also also is starting to look more and more like we're going to see uh, The Rock in a superhero movie for real. Uh, he he seems to be attaching himself to the. Uh, is there a universe attached to this? Superhero? Well, it's it's DC. It's uh, Shazam slash Captain Marvel. Um, but you know there've been rumors around this for a while. Wow. They've been rumors about him being attached to this project for a while, but nobody wants to, let alone him, commit to who he would be playing in that movie. I'm making a face. Well, here's the thing. So, a lot of people keep saying, oh, that he he might play the villain. He might play Black Adam, who's sort of like the anti-Shazam. Yeah. Um, 
I actually really like the idea of him as Shazam, as as Captain Marvel, um, because the key to to Shazam is that he's a little kid. You know, right. Billy Batson is a, is a kid, and he when he says Shazam, he turns into this big muscular superhero guy. But he's still a kid. It's like big, you yeah. know. He still has the personality of like a twelve year old. Right. And I feel like The Rock could really nail that. You know, he's got such a oh, goofy be, be, charm to it. He'd well, be perfect he, for that. He could he could bring out the old L dad charm. Exactly. Exactly. So like I mean, you know, as much as I'm sure he he would be great as Black Adam. He's got you know he can be edged as well. Like he could he could you know. He could be a dick. He could be a great super dick. But I really want to see him as just like a joyful, exuberant superhero. Maybe he would be the guy who could bring some joy into the bleak and tedious DC universe. Yeah, no, exactly. I think he could. Re- it would be like a really great sort of change of pace. Like he could. He could really. Uh, you know, it, w- it would make be very distinct voice uh, from Man of Steel and. Batfleck and you know whatever else it is we're gonna get every incarnation of Batman we're gonna see for yeah, a while forever we're and not ever. gonna get Goofy Batman again for a no and that's a shame because there isn't enough Adam West in this world there's an Adam West documentary floating around that is sitting on it's been sitting on my iPad for a couple of weeks and I uh, haven't got a chance to watch it yet but mm. I really want to watch it the the Batman TV show is coming out to Blu-ray this fall finally I I'm so excited um, I heard that they were at Comic Con and they did a panel. Um, where it was it was Adam West and Burt Ward and Julie Newmar, and that Adam West and Julie Newmar were just like hitting on each other the whole panel, and <laughs> Burt Ward would just like get like kept cock blocking him basically, he kept like jump like making terrible jokes and like ruining the vibe. <laughs> just, like I could have watched that for an hour. Are you yeah. kidding me? Like I got to track down that video. Um. So there's only one other thing here, uh, Newsy, and that's uh, Star Wars. Star Wars is. Uh, there have been some interesting rumors in the last couple of weeks. Does it involve Harrison Ford hurting himself? No, that's a, not a rumor. Oh, that's, that's true. That's a fact. Oh, right. That's reality. Um, no, there's there's some rumors that um, that they're making some very big and dramatic changes. Uh, with the script, and when I say changes, I mean uh, they're going to take some of these characters Aren't in some they... really interesting ways that are really going to sort of shake up the status quo and really kind of throw fans for a loop. Well, that's good, actually. Yeah, no, Aren't I agree. they already shooting this thing? Yeah, they're shooting it now, yeah. I think they've been on hiatus for a bit. I think they just started again recently. Because I was going to say, if they're already shooting this thing, shouldn't they maybe have done this earlier? No, 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 I mean, so their script is very locked down, obviously. Well, I, that's what I was saying. I thought you were saying they were changing the script. Oh, oh, no, 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 and no, And no. I was like, what? No, 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 they're not changing the script. This is a matter of, like, everybody's trying to figure out what's happening in this movie because it's Abrams, it's all mystery boxed up, and, you know, right, no right. one's gonna say shit. Also, it's Star Wars and it's Disney, and, like, no one's gonna say shit about it. Right. Um, but there are some people, you know, all of the various people, like, everyone's got sources. I wish, I wish I had sources. Um, I'm not in that. I'm, I'm, that's not my operation. So uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not in that league. Um, but everyone's got you know various sources connected to the production who will leak little bits here and there. Yeah. And uh, it's starting to sound like yeah, some of these characters are going to undergo some very significant changes. Well, um, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for it. I you want to make three more of these movies? You better fucking do something. I know, right? Um, I'm starting to get the suspicion that either Han or Luke 
might go bad. Yeah, might go rogue, might go fucking dark. Um, what do you who what do you what do you, what do you think, what do you think about that? Do it. Do you, is there would you prefer to see one over the other? Who would you rather see go? Who'd you rather see go dark, Han or Han or Luke? I can tell you that I have a greater affinity for Han Solo than I do for Luke Skywalker because Luke Skywalker is an annoying little brat. Yup. Um, and therefore, I would rather see him go bad just because Han Solo can stay Han Solo that way. Yeah. But on the other hand, it might be way the fuck more interesting to see evil Han. Sure. Well, evil, and evil a... old man Gimpy Han. Like, yeah. I, I, it's... There's, a, there's a certain element of... I hope. You know, Han, Han certainly feels more corrupt. I hope. You know who I hope goes bad? Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher is would be the most convincing villain of the lot. That would be kind of that would be kind of great. Like if she became the new emperor figure. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because there is another rumor going around that the emperor may not be deceased. That's fine. That the emperor may actually show up in this and that he might actually be a robot of some kind. Okay. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> But I mean, think about Carrie Fisher and Blues Brothers. Oh yeah, no machine gun coding Carrie Fisher. Yeah, she, I mean she can be evil, and you can buy it. Totally. No, no, she's got a dark side. I mean, yeah, no, she could totally. Well, pull that. I don't know. It's dark so much as she has a crazy side. Well, yeah, no, and she, she clearly she has can, a crazy she, side. She can do the crazy. She eyes. can out crazy any of those people. Well, yeah. I mean, Luke's got the Joker voice. Yes, that's true. Which would be well, and that's the maybe thing. they should both go bad. Well, so that's, together. That's for, the curious thing reason. is like if Luke goes bad, I mean he and then Spawn of Han has to save the day. There you go. Uh, I, yeah, I mean I don't know. It's it's a it's a tough call. Han, Han, like I said, certainly feels more corruptible. I've also heard rumors that Han and Chewie are uh, not driving around. They're not uh, they're not in the Millennium Falcon anymore. That they're actually driving a Super Star Destroyer in this movie. Um, well, haven't we already seen the Millennium Falcon? Yeah, no, it's not that the Millennium Falcon isn't in the movie, but that they've essentially, someone else has taken charge of the Falcon. Yeah, that they're, they're, like, Billy D. Williams. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw, like, but, well, this is, and this is the thing that nobody can figure out, is what is the sort of new status quo of this universe? Because it's been 30 years since the events of Return of the Jedi, right? but... I mean, it seems to reason that somebody would have done something with the Falcon. But it's thir- I mean, thirty years old. That's I think we're going to see Oscar that, Isaac driving the Falcon. Who? I think Oscar Isaac's going to be driving the Falcon. I keep hearing that he's sort of the new Han Solo esque character. I think he's probably driving the Falcon. Well, that's that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see that. I think that's fantastic. I mean, it's a Studebaker. At this yeah, point. that's true. Like a bear in his natural habitat. Indeed. Um, but yeah, no, the 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 people seem to say, or the general consensus seems to be. That uh, as opposed to in the expanded universe books where they went from the old republic to the empire to the new republic, that even though thirty years have passed, that there is no new republic in this new one. That essentially the empire is still sort of intact to a certain degree, and that this is very much sort of a universe in chaos still. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, but it might stand to reason that if there is some sort of fledgling republic, that you know that they would take over empire uh, imperial ships um and that would be the new fleet of the republic it's know? all a ruse yeah i don't know mad max is gonna show up because it's all a wasteland well that would be lovely i want you to just picture a universe where mad max is on tatooine in the desert 
Does his land speeder have Does it wheels? really matter? Does his land Does speeder Does it really have... matter? <laughs> Think about that for a minute. Just, like, take Tina Turner and, Char- <laughs> and, and Charlize Theron without an arm and stick him on Tatooine and tell me that's not going to be better than whatever episode 7 turns out to be. I don't know, man. I'm starting to get I'm starting to get that old feeling. I'm starting to get that old that old Star Wars feeling that this might Fool not be me awful. Once. <laughs> Fool me once, motherfucker. <laughs> Did you not see episode one? I saw all three of them. What's a the couple best part of, of episode one? When it's over. R- well, that's, <laughs> that's true. But no, during the movie, what's the best part of that whole movie? I haven't watched it's it E.T. It's E.T. Oh, yeah. It's the best part of that whole damn movie. That's true. And that should not be true. It's Star Wars. It's Star Wars. Yeah, that's probably correct. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, look, I, there's no way I'm ever going to defend those fucking movies. Um, yeah, but you're also drinking the Kool-Aid. Well, no, I look, and here's the thing. Here, Honestly, what gives me the most hope is that, um, you know, Abrams is not, that he's handing this off after one movie like he'll be around producing and sure he's still gonna godfather this thing yeah, yeah, but yeah. ryan johnson is such an exciting choice to me to take over uh after him that like I, that guy hasn't made a bad movie yet in my book so i like i'm still so excited to see like i feel like he's got such a uh, an interesting eye okay. to like take into that universe okay here's my concern all right i want you to think about the impending phantom menace of mm. Star Wars um, and compare it to what happened to Star Trek. Okay? Original Star Wars and original Star Trek were both good for the same reason. It's campy fun. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. Campy fun established the universe. And they were good. And then the second go-around, so we got Next Gen, which was good because yep. it was different enough in tone and lived in... It inhabited the same universe, but it was but different. But it felt like a different it version fe- of it, yeah. Right, exactly. And when they tried that with Star Wars, what did we get? Because they didn't do it right. Right. Well, here's the thing. Because Lucas it was... Because that's right. Cause he didn't... It wasn't a different tone enough. Well, no. I think it was too different. Lucas, Lucas's thing was that he was... Lucas has never been a story guy. He's been a, what can I do with these mechanical toys guy, you know? That's... Like, he want... He, how can I push the technology? Like, what... 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 How can I move the filmmaking language a little bit? Fine. And to his credit, look, he... Episode 2 is the first movie shot entirely digital. And... Now that's basically status quo, you know? Um, so, you know, he certainly, you know, he certainly has an eye for this stuff, and it's not without right. value, well, but, 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 but his storytelling sucks. His, yeah, his storytelling value Right, sucks. we're not trying to build his legacy here. We're no. trying to build, we're trying to say whether it was any good. Right. And then, so, and then the third go-around, which is what this new Star Wars uh, trilogy is going to be, is the third go-around. For, sure. for Star Trek, what was it? It was Abrams. Yeah. And what happened? Well, yeah, but here's the thing. Abrams... Abrams never wanted to make Star Trek. Abrams always wanted to make Star Wars. I don't give a shit. He wanted to make a big outer space adventure movie, and he couldn't get Star Wars, so he took Star Trek because that's what they gave him. And he said, okay, well, I'll just do it with this instead. That's close enough. Yeah, and what did he do once he had it? Well, he fucked it up. He fucked it up, and then he handed it off to a new guy who's supposed to make it better. But not at first, though. That first one's good, though. That fir- his first Star Trek is good. It doesn't. It feels very different from old Star Trek. I mean, all, it, feels it feels dramatically different. From different. All the Star Trek, yeah. But it's but it's still got value to it. Like you could have walked out of that movie, and, no, and no, no. you still could have like, built a great universe. I out of that. enjoyed 
the first one. Yeah. And then the second one feels like he sort of gave up. Well, and I, that, but that's kind of why I feel better about Star Wars is because the situation of uh, the, his Star Trek reboot by sort of rebooting the timeline or whatever. Sort of. Yeah, sort of, yeah. He he is in this sort of position of, oh, well, we've got these classic characters and people are holding, like, the William Shatner mirror up to Chris Pine. And so it's like, oh, well, we want to play with that set of characters. So it's like, of course, almost intuitive that, yeah, of course, he's, he's going to try and redo Khan and, like, let's re- redo the best of that era. Yeah. And part of why I feel better about Star Wars is that he's not essentially there's no way he's not gonna he's not remaking these movies you know like it's not like he's rebooting the franchise which is essentially what he was doing with Star Trek Star Trek was dead the thing is he didn't reboot it enough that's the problem with no exactly darkness is he no, exactly there was no he reason. tried to retread right which was a mistake all right in any event my point is I'm worried that he's gonna have to uh, reestablish uh, I mean he has to reestablish his characters Sure. Existing characters. And yeah. If, and if he tries to reboot them, right. which apparently might be the case if they're going to go rogue and go evil. And yeah. Rah, 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 rah. Well, and that's what I'm hoping. There's just, my point is there's so, so, so many ways to fuck this no, up. No, you're, you're right. There are more ways to fuck it up than there are to get it right, which is the case usually, I think. Yes, which is why you let sleeping franchises lie. Well, you think that's a fine way to transition into Sin City of Tame to Kill For, another sleeping franchise that probably should have been left alone. Yeah. Before we talk about Sin City, you know, trailers? Uh, oh, trailers. There's really only one. We missed most of the trailers because we were running late. But well, there's was, there was one trailer that is the reason I wanted to see the movie, and right, that was right. the, ter- the little teaser for Tarantino's new movie, Hateful Eight. Yeah. Uh, which it's look there's no footage there's no even images because they haven't really cast this movie yet they've done a couple of uh like staged readings with people and i think a lot of those actors are going to carry over yeah um but uh but it was great it was really simple it was just sort of a breakdown of who these eight characters are it was all done it's all sort of like done in with like motion it's just like word graphics and stuff like that yeah a lot of graphic uh, but, design stuff. Yeah, exactly. But it's all, like, it's like these eight characters, uh, they all have very specific, like, detailed full names, and then they all have cool nicknames. And I wrote a bunch of them down because like I liked snatch. them. Yeah, like, uh, the Bounty Hunter, the Mexican, the Little Man, the Confederate, and definitely the best one was the Cow Puncher. Yeah. I want to know what that guy's all about. <laughs> I want to <laughs> party with you, you cowboy. cowboy. Oh, God. Uh, so I'm really it's yeah it's a bunch of it's eight strangers it's uh out in the old west they're all in a wagon and they get caught in a blizzard and and shit goes down yeah um is sort of the simple the simple pitch of it and he's shooting it in seventy millimeter which is just like oh my I can't wait like I want to yeah. see that in IMAX like nobody's fucking business yep um and it's what it's for yeah I mean I look I I love I love Tarantino till the end of the earth so mm. uh, I'm I'm really really excited to see uh to see that one and it's gonna be like like i said they, it's gonna be ages before we get to uh they haven't even haven't even cast the fucking thing yet let alone started shooting but yeah. uh, i'm very very excited about it did you i mean did you get a good vibe yeah i mean i don't really know what to think first yeah. time i heard of it first time i saw anything yeah. not that i saw anything i was kind of hoping we were gonna get a uh you know just like a uh shot specially like like a like a 
teaser that doesn't have anything to do with the movie per se you know yeah um where it's just like you know, like one scene which is some fun tarantino dialogue and a couple of actors who won't even be in the movie just like doing a fun thing like that's kind of what i was hoping for yeah um especially because this teaser only played in front of sin city which is a big on i'm not gonna lie part of the reason i wanted to go see it because they're like no it's not gonna play online it's not gonna play in front of any other movies it is attached solely to prince of sin city and that's huh. the only time anyone will ever see it so, oh. I mean, there wasn't a lot to it. I was kind of hoping... It'll get online sooner or later. I, yeah, no, there'll be bootlegs for sure. Yeah. Uh, so there'll be plenty, there'll be enough empty Sin City theaters on a Tuesday afternoon that someone will sit and tape it with their phone and it'll be on YouTube within the hour. But, yeah. like, uh, it probably is already at this point. But, yeah, no, I was kind of hoping we're... You know, they went to that level to be like, no, it's only if we're going to play in this one place. It's one. Like, I was kind of hoping we'd get a little bit more. I was kind of yeah. hoping for a little bit more. Womp womp. Oh, well. So I watched the old Sin City just a couple days ago, sort of get myself in the right headspace. Yeah, how'd that work out for you? Well, you know, I mean, it's a movie. So, I, look, when the when it came out, I remember being totally, like, blown away by that movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, I you know, I dig that kind of old pulpy noir kind of feel to it. Post-noir. <laughs> well, I think then it was just noir. Now, oh, apparently, shit. it's post-noir. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, I, like, I like that style. Um, and the, the actual filmmaking involved was just, it was one of those things that, you know, I was about to graduate from college and was as an actor and like film guy. I was like, this was, it was cool. Yeah. It was like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know you could do that kind of stuff. Like the way the, the things that he was doing were just, just pulled the rug out from under me. Um, and the, and the, the storylines and the characters were all just, yeah, they were cool, man. They just like, you, you just mm-hmm. wanted to sit and be in that world for a while and get totally lost in it. Yeah. Um, for a while. For, for a while. For a while. Um, did, I mean, did you, you felt the same way when it, back yeah, in the day? I liked it a lot back in the yeah. day. Um, I mean, I even liked 300 back in the day. Yeah, well, also Frank Miller, so it's very, you know, yeah, similar yeah. kind of tone. And this filmmaking is very similar. It's a yeah. lot of green screen and a lot of post-production. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've watched... A, like a good number of old noir films. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I sure. did, but I mean, you know, if you watch Gilda or, yeah. or even, uh, what is it, Heat? Yep. Um, you know, it's it's a different thing. And you can, even even, even that one with Cusack. Oh, sure. Uh, the, the, the Grifters. Yep. And, you know, you can get into it, and it's a different kind of world, and it's, and it's very immersive, and you can be absorbed in it, and that's kind of the point. And that's why the first one's good. Yeah. And the rhythm that it sets... Um, I mean, even with all the all the green screen stuff, it works because you it's it's noir, but it's also uh, graphic novelly enough. Mm-hmm. You get snippets of things. Yeah, no, and, there's and, yeah, uh, there's a feel of like yeah, those old noir stuff. But then yeah, also yeah, the, that, the that hand, visual language, yeah, is the so hand drawn type elements, exactly the feel, and that's sort of the point of the right. thing. And I think and it, it lends it a certain charm, mm-hmm. and that's what this one did not have right well when's the last time you watched the the old one uh it's been a while yeah um not as long as i think it was it was for you like i had it i don't think i'd watched it since it was in theaters i think it had been about 10 years oh there's nothing close to that for me yeah um um, i had a copy of it yeah um and i you know i would watch it every once and again not unlike the way i would watch watchmen for instance sure just like every now and again it's like oh all right Absolutely, um, but it wasn't like in a regular rotation or anything. No, no, no. Absolutely, but, yeah. Um, I think it, you, it would any sort of charm that it has would get sort of lost on you know the 
It would get worn out, basically. Yeah, I mean, I feel like for That's me, a movie you want to revisit very, yeah. you know, scarcely. Right, I mean, for, for me, the movies that I will put in a rotation, if I would do such a thing, is uh, movies that I've seen enough times that I don't really have to pay attention and are kind of fun and I can fall asleep if right, I Right, yeah, sure. Pacific Rim is like a great example oh, yeah. of that. You know, I don't it's really like you care. can come in any any point in that movie, watch it for whatever minutes. period of time you have, whether yeah. that's yeah, twenty minutes or an hour and a half, yeah, and I then mean, you can it's fine. shut it off. Like it's yeah, the movies that you can sort of drift in and out of. Yeah, are, I mean, is it? Like I see what you did there. Yeah, see, yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing is like these movies don't have to be great; they just yeah. have to be fun for like twenty minutes. Right. Sure. Um, Netflix has kind of ruined that for, for me because now it's like, well, I got to watch another six episodes of Breaking Bad yeah. in one sitting. Yeah. Really good, by the way. Um, so, yeah. But this one, there's a very distinct difference between the original Sin City and this newest one, A Dame to Kill For. Yeah, the rhythm is all off. Yeah, the rhythm is all it's off. It's slow. Mm-hmm. And the sto- each of the storylines seem to take forever. Yeah, and they just weren't that satisfying somehow. Oh. Um, it felt stayed and it just it just slow plodding yeah and and in the in like in the way that the other one felt i'm not going to say revolutionary because what's that yeah but uh novel anyway yeah distinct at the very yeah, least right. yeah right this one felt like oh okay yeah well and that's and that that was sort of my big question walking into the theater was you know, is this still relevant after after all this time? You no. know, a decade later, like uh, obviously it's not novel. So, no. uh, is there still value to this sort of you know film methodology? No, yeah, you're probably right about because that. Because the thing is that if I want to watch that style, I'm gonna watch the old one. Yeah, because it's it's a better movie. Period. Well, yeah, there's very little um, to really to really grab you about this. And honestly, it's anything that all, all of the best stuff is. Uh, the old stuff is the, like Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke is still still kills it as Mars, which makes no sense, by the way. Well, okay, so yeah, so we should talk about the chronology here, I guess, and obviously spoilers, we're, as we always are. Um, but yeah, so I I had to think about it because, and that was the other reason I wanted to go back uh, and watch the first one again because I couldn't quite remember exactly how all the storylines resolved exactly. Yeah, um, and I knew that there's some. Like, in a way, this is a prequel, but also a sequel. Like, there are some characters that are alive that even that are in the second movie, even though they died in the first movie, and back and forth. And so I wanted to make sure that was sort of fresh in my head. So what I figured out... So the only sort of reference point in, in terms of a timeline that they give mm-hmm. in Dame to Kill For is that at one point uh, in the Jessica Alba storyline, they say, it's been four years since uh, Bruce Willis shot himself in the head. Fine, but... That doesn't make any sense. Well, no. All it means, it w- no, really, what it just means is that it changes the timeline of the first movie. You you walk out of the first movie feeling like okay, all of the, you see some of the characters sort of overlap. Like Marv shows up in a bunch of the storylines, and at one point, uh, yeah, but but uh, thing- Clive Owen shows up. But but it feels like okay, so those things are all sort of happening more or less at the same time, right. even if it's you know a couple days or a couple weeks, whatever. Fine. Really, all it means is that. Everything we've seen, essentially, in both movies... Happened around the same time. Happened all during the same time, except for the... Uh, the, the in the first movie, the Bruce Willis storyline happened way before everything else. The Bruce Willis storyline happened, like, way early on, and then over the next four years is when everything else is set, basically. 
except for Josh Brolin, because Josh Brolin is playing the uh, early Clive, version of, of Clive, Clive Owen. Owen. Right. And so, it's, it's all, so that happens. That has to happen. It's all kind of bonkers. Yeah. Like, it doesn't quite fit to me. Yeah, the it, Clive Owen bit has to happen after. So, it so it's make Bruce Willis' death happens before everything else. Everything else happens after that. <sighs> and then there is sort of a chronology, even though we've witnessed it out of order as as movies, you know. I, but that's the that's the thing, like, and especially because the Bruce Willis storyline is the last thing in the first movie. Well, it's not um, only that, but it's like there are a few very definitive moments in yeah. the first one, namely Clive Owen getting his new face beforehand, right? Which places all that all that Josh Brolin stuff before the first one. Well, all yeah, it, no, oh, absolutely yeah. everything. All of it happens before the first one. That's absolutely right, and. You know that. Let's okay. So let's talk about that storyline because I think that storyline is probably the most problematic of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it has to do with I think the gratuitous, unnecessary breasticles. Just all of that is. Yeah, Eva Green is naked for the mm-hmm. whole time. I mean, and she's very attractive. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but but it just it felt so forced. Well, and I I mean it, a little nudity here and there makes sense in this universe. Sure, fine. Great. And they try to play it off. They make a whole thing about how, oh, she bathes and it's like a ritual for her and it's like her having power over people or whatever. But the it, it cinematically, it's the exact opposite. I got bored with her breasts. Like, Eva, like you said, Eva Green, very, very attractive lady. She has very nice tatas and I could, <laughs> did not want to look at them after a while. Well, the problem is, is that it's, I started feeling like a pervert. Yeah. I started feeling like that guy... Who's sitting in the movie theater? <laughs> he, he, yeah, no, nobody wants to be that guy. No, it's just like it was starting to make me uncomfortable, uh-huh. and, and it's that's not something that Tatas should ever do. No, there's so many boobies in this movie. There are no penises in this movie. Not that I really want to see a penis on screen, but there's like so many moments where they're clearly like putting the dick in shadow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, Josh Brolin is lying naked, or Christopher Maloney is sitting naked, and the only part of him you can't see is his cock, which is, like, covered in darkness. Yeah. It's like... But it's, it's, it's the selective noir. That's yeah. not fair, man. I know. Well, that's the thing. Jamie Jamie brings this up. You know, I mean, uh, many people have brought this up in regards to HBO. You know, HBO is boobies galore and not a penis for miles, you know? Yeah. Especially, HBO was, like, especially egregious because they had a whole show about Thomas Jane male prostitute with a huge dick and they never showed it on screen ever oh, well. and it's this like crazy double standard i mean i i feel like you have a lot more leeway and again this is just a bullshit double standard but i feel like they you know movies have a lot more leeway you can show 47 tits in a movie and you know it still get away with a rated r whereas if you showed six dicks in this movie i feel like all of a sudden the mpaa would have been all up and down robert rodriguez's ass which, that was a bad way to phrase that, I think. But, like, I mean, you you couldn't get away with putting that movie in a theater. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, you no, couldn't release that movie. It's not right. No. I mean, frankly, I think that, I mean, there should have been, I can't believe I'm saying this either, just generally, <laughs> but there should have been way fewer boobies in this. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Robert Rodriguez, for making me anti-booby in a movie. That That's, that's not how I roll. And it's no, all of a sudden, I... Don't want to see breasts in movies. It's, it's just I don't know what happened there. How'd you do that? You know, if you want to make people feel uncomfortable in some way, 
and that's your point yeah from a directorial standpoint go for it Mm -hmm. but that's not what i think he was trying to do but on top of that like her character is so broad and eva green is so over the top that like i had i just you just want her to die and not in a like, oh, I love to hate her kind of way. I no, can't wait. It's like, like a, it's I wish the like, storyline would end. Yeah, exactly. It's not like Joffrey in uh, Game of Thrones, where it's like, oh, he's such a great villain. I can't wait till he gets his comeuppance. No, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying like he's the guy that everybody loves to hate on that oh, show. Okay, fine. So it's like you just like every time he does something terrible, you're like, oh, he's such a dick. I can't wait till somebody finally gets the better of him. Right? It's like not even you don't even get that level no, of pleasure you just from her. Out. You're just like, I want her to die just so she's not on the fucking screen anymore and i like her as an actress like she's great in uh in uh casino royale like i've seen her in plenty of other things and i really like her um but yeah no she's just seemed an you, ill fit for this movie but that's kind of the thing about you know this what movie. it's like What's it's that? like the water stage in any of the like the classic video games yeah in like that level in sonic you just fucking hate that just level wanted to be just over. like i want to get on this level yeah and the same thing in mario brothers is like i hate the water level mm-hmm. it's a pain in the ass well i think and i think i think the sin city world and this is definitely true of the first one too you know it's not a, a world that is suited for every actor you know no and you can see that some all. people are just like yeah they get it like they they just instantly get it and they hook right into it and you're like yeah you feel like you belong in this world. Yeah. Eva Green does not feel like she belongs in that world. Nope. Um, and I don't even really think Brolin does. He's like kind of hit or miss. Yeah. Um. Like I I like the Clive I, Owen was better. Well yeah okay so that's the thing As so the same so, character Clive Owen was yeah better. it's the same character Brolin is the earlier version and at one point he gets his he gets surgery done he gets his face changed so he's supposed to become clive owen in the later movie clive owen is a much more interesting version and because we it's you know and brolin's at a disadvantage here because we get uh clive owen first right um and so what we want to see is brolin like turn essentially become that character we want to like and that's what's that's what's missing yeah. You know, like, Brolin's, Brolin's version of Dwight feels very different than Clive Owen's version of Dwight. And there's no... It's not like you walk out of it going, like, oh, yeah, I see how he got there. Yeah. You know? Nope, he nothing. just All that stuff at the beginning of, like, you know, never let the monster out. Like, that feels like a totally different see, guy. See, that's the whole thing, is that there's no reason for Brolin to be Dwight at all. Yeah. It would, like, it would have been... If, if they had if he was a, just it, a different guy, it would have yeah. been fine. Yeah, like, all no, right. And that's the thing. And like, it's fine. You could start him in a very different place as long as you you do connect those dots. But no, it just it it he never feels like it's now doesn't feel like it's the same personality. He yeah. just feels so it it's it just doesn't work. It yeah. just doesn't I remember happen. at one point I turned to you and I said, "Okay, Thanos." Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, all the voiceover stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. hard not to hear that. Uh, but yeah, there's no sense of you know Owen had this. He really got yeah this. Yeah, no, I think, he and he still fine. fits really well. Yeah, um, I mean, he also benefits from having the the best scene in that movie. I think, which is the scene that Tarantino directs, where it's him in the car oh. with Benicio del Toro with the gun barrel stuck in his forehead right, and Pez the cor- Yeah, Pez Spencer. He's the gun. He's talking to him in the car. Like that's the best scene in that movie. Um, mm. so, so yeah, but Owen's got this great sense of like, you know, it's panache. Yeah, exactly. There's like, there's a sense of style to it. You know, he's got those red sneakers. I could not see fucking he had the Roland sneakers. wearing sneakers. He had the sneakers. Did he? I didn't yes, even, he did. I didn't they even notice. They weren't red. Oh, I didn't even they, notice. But he, he was wearing Chucks. Yeah. And that was like when, um, what's his name? Actor, Allstate Insurance. 
uh, Dennis Haysbert. Thank you. Um, recognized him. Yes. as him. He's like you saw the eye. I was like, and those shoes. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that. The selective so, recasting. Well, no, 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 no. Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about when he gets his new face. Okay. So I sort of expected, not that I necessarily needed a Clive Owen cameo at the end. But I kind of expected that his sort of storyline would yeah. end with him getting a new face. Basically, the storyline would end with him being all bandaged up and right. being like, "Oh, I wonder what my new face is going to look like." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but no wasted in, opportunity. Yeah, no. Instead, we end up with where he gets his new face. Like, he still looks like kind of three quarters through the thing, and yeah, it just sort of looks like. Let's give Josh Brolin <laughs> weird the Clive chins. Owens face shape, but. It's not quite like they're trying to make him look like Clive Owen. It's just sort of like, let's give him a point to your chin and let his, his hair grow longer so right. he has kind of the same haircut. Um, the other thing that really undermines that, unfortunately, is that like the ruse that the character is playing, that Dwight is playing, is yeah. that he's posing as like a hitman from Texas. Yeah, and, and he steps gonna... off the train and he's doing his George W. Bush impression from W. <laughs> Like, it's impossible to unhear. And he's great in W. His, like, version of Bush is really interesting. But he's just he's just doing his W impression. And it's so jarring. I, like, I could not unsee it. I could not unhear it. It was so disconcerting. Uh, because then all I could think of was George W. W. Bush, Bush in black man. and white punching Dennis Haysbert with a golden marble eye. Like, incredible. Uh, that movie I would like to watch. Yeah, well, you know... Um, but yeah, no, that, that Are whole... you in good hands? Yeah. Well, and that's, that's just sad. Like, cause that's Michael Clark Duncan. Right. So that, I mean, I, and I think Dennis Haysbert actually acquits himself pretty well. Cause. Wait, is he dead? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. No, Michael Clark Duncan, you know, cause he passed away a couple years ago. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Oh, I feel like an ass now. No, 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 you're fine. Cause no, there is a bunch of selective recasting and a lot of it doesn't work. Like Dennis Haysbert, I think... I think he works. I mean, uh, Michael Clark Duncan's role in the first one isn't huge. He's got like one bit, right. and that's also another one of those weird. Like, wait a minute, how do these things how did match this up? Guy get because to, yeah. he's still alive in the second one, and or in the first movie, you actually see him get blown up. Whereas in this movie, he gets shot like a million times and yeah. is sort of left for dead at the end of the movie. But well, I guess he's still alive. I don't really know. Um, maybe he wakes up and. Uh, yeah. Mel Gibson's Lazarus Pool. Yeah, I guess. But they gave, but but I think Haysbert does a good job. All I mean, I yeah, think, no, he did fine. And I think I just noticed that it wasn't. Yeah. yeah, and I think he's enhanced by you know he gets all of like the best of Brolin's voiceover dialogue, where it's yeah. like, oh, I get hit in the face with a freight train and like all yeah, that yeah. stuff. Like that's yeah. that's great. It actually it actually adds to that character a bit. Yeah, whose name I don't know. Yeah, uh, Manute. I think his name was Manute. Oh, Manute. Manute. Uh, all right. Uh, but yeah, so we also the other big recasting uh, mm. that jumped out for me, Deadly Little Miho, was Deadly Little Miho, which is like I like Jamie Chung. I like again, she's been in some other stuff. I think she's a fine actress. Um, but what worked, what I thought was so interesting about her in the first movie, Devin Aoki is like she's like a fucking space alien. Yeah. Like there's something unearthly and about her face like sort of creepy yeah no exactly yeah. so she seems Stone almost like cold yeah exactly yeah. whereas you know jamie chung feels just like a person who is silent and wounded and deadly and like yeah. you know it, it's it, it not that she doesn't work but it's, it's just she, yeah she doesn't clear that hurdle you know it's, yeah. a, it's a hard standard to live up to yeah 
um, which is which is a shame. The other thing that really doesn't work about the Dwight storyline is all the stuff with Christopher Maloney and Jeremy Piven with the two cops. Oh, yeah. That should have been excised, like, immediately. It doesn't really end up contributing anything to the plot. No. It's just sort of there to show us just how shitty Eva Green's character yeah, well, is. I mean, they, he says as much. He's like, sometimes she does this for this, and sometimes for that, yeah. and sometimes for sport. Yeah, exactly. And that was all for sport. It was like, uh, this movie can't be doing anything for no. sport. Well, and it's also, like, probably the worst moment in the whole movie, like, the most... In a movie full of morally questionable moments, like, they try to make rape sexy, which is super disturbing. That's not okay. There's, like, it was, she's describing being raped, and Maloney, like, literally just, like, throws himself at her. And, I mean, like, I, I, I don't want to watch that. That no, is the no, last no. thing I want to watch. No, that was... Um, and it's a shame, because Maloney's such an interesting actor. Um, it's always going to be cops, though. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's weird... It feels like it's just sort of a cheap play on... He's the guy from SVU. Yeah. It's the guy from the sex crimes unit getting off on a girl describing rape. Like, yeah. that just feels like a cheap ploy. It's... That shit ain't right. No. Just period. Oh, you know what else ain't right? Jeremy Piven's magical disappearing, <laughs> reappearing accent. Holy well, shit. it's Piven. <laughs> I mean, he's... He's... Like, if anyone is guilty of... You know, Tom Cruise starring mm -hmm. in the last Tom Cruise starring Tom Cruise as Tom Cruise. It's That's Piven. True. That's true. I mean, is Piven any ever anything but Piven? No, he's pretty much he's pretty much always Piven. Yeah. Or he's pretty much always Ari Gold, I guess. Is, yes. But that's we all just assume that Piven is Ari Gold. So he's not. I, as far as I know, he is. Is there any evidence to the contrary? And I, none that I've seen. All right, sir. Then all right. You know who I think is really well suited for this universe, though, is uh, is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like uh, he, he, I don't. I didn't love his storyline, yeah. but he, like the way he can, yeah, he wraps yes, his tongue yes. around that language, yeah, 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 and like he, he gets it like immediately. He, he does. The problem with him right now is I think we're a little Gordon Levitt saturated. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you, he's you, working a lot. You don't see. You're always acutely aware of him as Joseph. Oh, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt doing his Joseph Gordon-Levitt thing. Yep. I mean, he's a very talented guy, and it's yeah. like, yeah, no, he is. You just didn't you say you just recently watched Don John? I did. Yeah, and like, and he nails that sort of Jersey Shore thing like perfectly in that movie. I yeah. mean, you're still, it's still obviously Gordon-Levitt. Like, mm -hmm. you can't unsee him as Gordon-Levitt. No, but but he, you also totally buy him as that kind of a guy in that movie, yeah. and I totally buy him as. This like hot-headed young guy who's got who's out got something to prove and you right, know right right like he 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 just he no, fits he into was, that world he, yeah, perfectly he fits in the world but, but yeah there's no major transformation for, like physical who, transformation for but him you know either. Who he made me miss who's that Elijah Wood yeah somehow totally I can't believe I just said that <laughs> just like period that's fair no that's fair uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt makes me miss Elijah Wood I burped you did. <laughs> But I, I don't know. I mean, it was... He was fine. Yeah. His storyline was boring. Yeah, no. Nothing and, nothing happened in that whole storyline. I know. And nothing. You, and I think that's one of those things. This movie has a lot of moments that just don't quite land. Yeah. Where it's clear, like, they want this to be a big fucking deal moment. Right. Uh, that really, like, knocks you sideways. And it just doesn't really happen. And... 
Uh, one of them is, yeah, the end of Levitt's storyline where he sort of comes back at Rourke and says, oh, you know, I beat you twice and people are going to tell this story and that means I beat you forever. Yeah. And, like, that's supposed to have, like, some emotional... Except, and except that doesn't. we... Ha- except, well, yeah, it doesn't, for one thing, it just doesn't. And also the fact that we have seen the future and nobody fucking talks about that's it. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. We can't talk about Joseph Gordon-Levitt's storyline without talking about Christopher Lloyd. Well, okay. Christopher Lloyd standing on his front on his front porch and yelling in a bathrobe. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. I was hoping against hope that when he answered that door, like you know, he looked, he peered through the little thing, yeah, and then he had to open the door. I was like, oh, please, when you open that door, please be wearing the helmet, the giant silver helmet. Yes, the giant silver. I was like, oh, please. <laughs> no, yeah, I. I I got really excited. Look, look, this is a movie that is sort of, it's not stunt cast, but this is a movie that exists. The, the, the draw of this movie is look at the cast. Look at all the people in this movie. Yeah. And it was all of the names and the opening credits. It was all the names that I didn't know were in the movie right. that were the most interesting to me, like Christopher Lloyd or Christopher Maloney yeah. uh, or Piven for that matter. I was like, what are these guys? Well, I didn't even know these guys were in this movie. Yeah. Surprise. Stacy Keach. Stacy Keach as the giant potato man, like yeah, that shit hell? was incredible because he looks like such a weird ass character and with like no explanation, yeah. no explanation for why he is a walking potato. <laughs> he looks like a fucking Santarin from Doctor Who, and like then he has like, but he still has a great Stacy Keach voice. Like he's not doing anything to no. his voice at all. It's just like, oh, it's Stacy Keach and see, forty pounds of latex. See, that's the thing is, I wanted to see more of that because yeah. that was actually interesting. And oh, looks sure, like, that looks like it comes straight out of you know a graphic novel. Yeah, totally. Like, Let's watch this guy. Not oh god, it's Eva Green. And that was another scene that served no purpose at all. No, none. It was such a shame. Like again, they're trying to set up that whole like old town thing. But again, that's also sort of dramatically uninteresting. It's the prequelitis, you know? Like yep. we know that no one's gonna take down the prostitutes of Old Town but because we've, we've seen already it. seen them running the show, you know, however many years in the future. So right. um so yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Um the thing that makes the Sin City movies interesting is, yeah, it's that black and white, not just the black and white, but, you know, so much of what you're seeing are these sort of digital creations, you know? Yeah, right. Like, what they choose to colorize or not colorize. Or totally or, white out. Yeah, or totally white out. Like, I love some of the stuff. I didn't really like the bit where Maloney and Piven are driving in the car and their glasses, and their glasses, are, glasses white? are all white. No, that yeah. seemed weird. Yeah. That one felt um, too forced. But I really like, uh, I dug uh, the bit with jessica alba when she's got the scars on her face and it's like some of them are black and some yeah. of them are white like how the shadow falls in her face like yeah. that's that's kind of a cool bit um the I, uh, the 3d smoke was actually okay yeah i was gonna say there's a bit where they're in the bar uh with dwight's in the bar and there's just smoke like drifting in the air like throughout the room yeah that's super cool like that's a great that's a great use of that technology yeah i wonder if the 3d actually made some of the stuff they did in this movie worse yeah, I don't know. A lot of the there was like the, a lot of the Dwight, uh, the Marv stuff, where like he would bust through the window of a car and glass shards would come flying out yeah. at you and stuff like. Some of that stuff works. I'm always a proponent of goofy shit flying at your face during a 3D movie. Uh, some of that stuff works. Some of God, that there stuff was some, didn't there was work. a movie I saw on it's like a Valentine's Day horror movie, to like a B horror movie. Yeah. There's a lot of axes flying at your face the whole time. You know, oh, uh, my bloody Valentine. Is that what it is? Yeah, my bloody Valentine 3D. Yeah, they throw like a pickaxe at the camera. Yeah. yeah. All, I just, there was just, I just, that's all I remember is this shit flying everywhere yeah. and the movie being terrible. 
Um, well, okay, so let's I, let's let's wrap this puppy up because we still got to talk about a whole other Rodriguez fest, which we liked a lot more. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, but we got to do we got to do Heart of the Ghostbusters. You got plenty got, of choices, no, but probably really, not no, really, a lot of real really, choices. Really, two choices. Okay, who do you got? Well, please say Lady Gaga as the diner waitress. <laughs> she can kiss my shiny metal ass. Okay. Um. Okay, there's three choices. <laughs> one of them is now Lady Gaga. No, no, she's not. No, she, she still is not one of them. All right. The three choices, as I see it, are as follows, in no particular order. Mm-hmm. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. The obvious choice. Yeah. Potato Man. Potato Man. And Marv. Yeah. I'm having the same debate between it's... Potato Man and Marv, to be honest with you. And it's... Here's the problem. It's Potato Man. Yeah, I think it's got to be Potato Man, right? Yep. Because Marv, first of all, every time they show Marv drinking, he has no less than 30 shot glasses in front of him. Yeah, you know, like, I can't keep up, man. Yeah, you would die just trying to keep pace. And at the same time, like, you know at some point, like... You'd accidentally get embroiled into some shit that would get you killed where you wouldn't even know what was going on. Yeah, Yeah. you would definitely be. I mean, if you get in a bar fight, or even if Marv is on your side, you're still fucked. Exactly. Um, Now, granted, there is something to be said for having, like, a man with superhuman strength on your side. Yeah, but you're assuming assuming that you have drinks with him and he likes you. That's true. If he doesn't like you, you're in trouble. Uh huh. Whereas Potato Man can go to a cocktail party and be Potato Man. Yeah. Mr. He's Potato got, Head. He's got the clout that he looks like a mutant and no one seems bothered by it. Yeah. Now, you granted, know, he also seems pretty fucking ruthless. But that's fine. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Like, I, want, have, I, mean, I want to hang with Potato you, you, Man. You'd have to have a martini. Yeah. Which you have not, a classy beverage with Potato right, Man. Right, and you wear a tux. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, hope you don't piss him off. Yep. But, I mean, and, and then Christopher Lloyd, that might be fun. Yeah, but well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I trust Christopher no, Lloyd. No, something about that. It's, he's it's, he's it's, a little too unsavory. Yeah, but it's, it's just nice to see Christopher Lloyd in a movie these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's see. That's the thing is, you want to have drinks with Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I don't have a drink with that fucking drunk ass surgeon. No, I just want to drink with Christopher you. Lloyd. All right, it's Potato Man. Potato Man, it is unanimous Potato Man. Uni- unanimous Potato Man. Amen. So, you know. Being, I guess, a little underwhelmed, and after some uh, scheduling conflicts, we decided, hey, why not throw a second movie onto the Barbie here? And uh, we watched uh, Robert Rod- another Robert Rodriguez flick, uh, Machete Kills, which is the <laughs> second of the Machete franchise, I guess it is. Oh, please um, make that third one. I know, right? Now, I've seen the first one. I, I not. saw it once, and it was a couple of years ago. Uh, I have mostly hazy memories of it uh i remember robert de niro is in it de niro's uh, in it yeah he's like i think he's like the governor of texas or something um and i remember uh there a couple of people are carried over between the two movies the thing that i remember the most distinctive scene in the movie and anyone who tells you otherwise is lying yeah. is the very opening of the movie in which machete who is a federale tries to rescue a kidnapped girl who he i think he rescues her out of a brothel or something like that because she's literally like naked on a bed uh when he when he gets to her and uh, before he can liberate her, she's been, like, all Stockholmed out or something like that. And she turns on him, and she does so by pulling a small pistol from her hoo-ha and shoots him. 
and you just see her reach down out of frame and then you see her come up with a gun and you go what where did that come from she's naked oh my god i did not see this uh-huh <laughs> you probably better off yeah no um, I, that's fine yeah, and the first one's kind of disappointing. Like, it's, yeah, it's Danny Trejo killing a bunch of guys, and there's some, you know, some fun violence in it, but yeah. the story kind of is it boring. It doesn't, doesn't matter too much. Yeah, it doesn't really, you can kind of zone out for half the movie and, like, zone back in and feel like you haven't missed anything. Yeah. Which definitely is not the case in this movie <laughs> this one because <laughs> this movie goes to some places and here's the here's the true testament to just how crazy the movie is the movie literally starts off with a preview a like fake trailer for a third machete movie a, yep. a machete in space it's, machete it's kills, kills again in, in space. space yeah and it's him on a space station and he gets the space babes and you're like ah oh, that's funny it's machete in space isn't that isn't that an amusing idea yeah. ha 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 done right and then you know he, he's got a lightsaber machete. yeah lightsaber machete yeah great perfect i buy that and you know and a villain with a metal face uh-huh. and the whole thing and it's you're just like, ridiculous. Oh, like what, oh, a, the, what a good gag yes and then oh, what s- jokes and japes will play. <laughs> Slowly but surely, the movie that you then proceed to watch actually gets you to that point. Where he's in a spacesuit. Yes. And is about... High-fiving Elon Musk. Yeah. I... Going off to fight a villain see, in a metal mask this, on a see, space station. This, this, is, this is the brilliant thing about this movie, is that about maybe like half, halfway, two-thirds, Yeah, you start to wonder... Holy shit! Is that a real movie? Yeah. Well, as soon as he as soon as he gets to Mel Gibson's crazy layer, layer because they make some sort of like layer. Indis- like they sort of enter, oh blah 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 space industry or something. And you're like, uh, and you're like wait a okay, minute, okay, well, well that's that's right. a nice joke, yeah, okay, I whatever. And then no, no, and then and then really, it's I think when <laughs> Mel Gibson pulls up in his Star Wars land, like like hover speeder with wheels, his oh little God. land speeder golf cart, that it's you go, amazing. oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on a this, second This whole here. thing is going places I did not expect. Yeah. You know what universe goes with this machete kills? And, the, and, and the hopeful machete kills yeah. in space? Bubble Boy. Bubble Boy? Tell me you can't picture the Bubble Boy universe. Like, you can't picture Slim is actually a machete. And after the events of Bubble Boy, where he runs off with Swoozy Kurtz, something goes wrong. And he needs to avenge Swoozy Kurtz and ends up with Jessica Alba somehow in a colossal step up. Yeah. (laughs) Just like... In the greatest upgrade known to man. Jesus. Tell me you can't picture the Mel Gibson character as being a former Todd. <laughs> and that's why he wants to go to space so badly to find Planet PX-41. <laughs> or PX-42 if they run out of room. <laughs> it's just... It's fun, yeah. man. <laughs> it's crazy. It's just, it's just, just joy. I can't believe that the things happened in that movie that happened in that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, okay, so, like, the first one, like I said, is pretty, it's pretty kind of by the books. It's sort of like, yeah, you, we paid you to do, to hit, kill a guy, and then they double-crossed him, and then he's got to get revenge. It's very sort of low-key, by-the-books kind what, of thing. What you would expect. Yeah. This one 
It's just, it jumps the shark and keeps, keeps on going. Ju- it just keeps jumping it over and over again. Yeah. Well, and here's here's the thing I love about Danny Trejo. You know, Robert Rodriguez has this, like, total love for the guy, which, you know, well-deserved. Because he's so, I mean, he's such an interesting guy to look at. And he's got this, like, crazy, like, steely demeanor through the whole thing. But there's, you know, they the Machete movies, they make him out to just be this complete unstoppable badass mel gibson's character wants to literally like clone he an wants, army he of wants machetes to jangle fed him yeah exactly which is like again if you had started that movie and then told me oh no this movie is going to end with space clones and everyone in blue unitards like well <laughs> mel gibson's in a space tuxedo like with a Jesus. metal face yeah with a cape and a fucking like oh my and a ninja sword yeah like holy shit um but no, like Danny Trejo, like you, you watch him in these like fight scenes. Like he's not a he's terrifically old. muscular guy. Yeah, he's a million years old. He's not very fast. It's like, but he just illogically lays waste to armies of <laughs> vastly superior men. And, and so and funny. You, and you, and you, you, but you buy it though. You go, that shouldn't work. But Danny, yeah, okay, why not? It's Danny fucking Trejo. Yeah, exactly. He can do whatever he wants to. He defies the laws of physics and all that is holy. I mean, he takes his little grappling hook thing, grabs a spinning propeller, propeller blade on, on a, a helicopter. helicopter, and flies around with a machete <laughs> and cuts off everyone's heads. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. heads. Well, never getting sucked into the propeller blade, no, which never. happens to like three other guys. Yes. Which is also one, fantastic. One by his intestines. Yeah, he gets sucked up by the intestines, which is great. <laughs> No, like, you, you know, you don't understand. Danny Trejo cuts a guy open, reaches in, grabs his intestines, <laughs> throws the intestines into a spinning helicopter prop, yep. and the guy gets pulled up into the blade and explodes. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. And then later, for no reason, he puts, bucket, like, uh, blood packets in the microwave. Just to, <laughs> like, just, just to make to a cover, mess. Just to cover those hot ladies in blood later. Yeah, I was like, th- why? He should be in an Expendables so, movie. Yeah, I, like, I came up with this idea. And here's my idea for how we should get the Expendables off the ground in a way that is yeah. not horrifically chauvinistic. <laughs> yeah. So, Danny Trejo can be the villain. Like, I feel like if anybody can overcome all the Expendables oh, in yeah. one fell swoop, it's Danny Trejo. Totally. And he's just a glaring... He's just missing. Um... So they all get captured, and the Expendables have to come and rescue them. Totally. The end. I buy that. There's your whole movie. On an island layer, I sure. totally get it. I yeah. mean, it can be like, it, it could be like, uh, you know, what's his name's Machu Picchu, I, like, layer with oh, the helipad yeah, yeah. on the side. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Why? Yeah. The sexualization, by the way, of the girl from Spy Kids is a little bit disturbing. The whole thing She's is... wearing assless chaps and a, like, leather bikini top. It's really kind of weird. Well, as opposed to the, uh, the the machine gun tatas. And... Well, yeah, Sofia Vergara, who has bring me my double D's. She's got her machine <laughs> bring gun. Bring me my strap on. Yes, and and she's wearing Tom Savini's uh, uh, strap on revolver dick uh, from Dusk Till Dawn, yeah. which is also Robert. That's a, that's another great sort of like callback. It's like, oh yeah, I know that from that other movie. Yeah. And Tom Savini's in this movie as well, which is which is also great. So I love love when he shows up and stuff. Mm. Um. Uh. Yeah. No. The the this movie is it's full of weird. It's it's almost Dusk Till Dawn esque actually. And mm. then Dusk Till Dawn starts as a sort of like crime road movie, and then Poof. apropos of nothing, makes a hard left turn into vampire slaying country. This movie kind of starts off as like, a, oh, he's a guy on the run, and he's got to you know 
get him. Avenge yeah, he's going to avenge Alba. Jessica Alba and stop a missile from launching. And then it literally just turns. There's a gun that turns people inside out. Yep. And the armored tank and actually, uh, that's an armored El Camino. This is an, ar- an armored El Camino. Yeah. Uh, he's got yeah. He's got like uh, electroshock lightsabers. He's got like a million James Bond gadgets. Yeah, it makes no sense. Uh, and it's oh, all man. fantastic. Yeah. No, it's incredible. Uh, uh, Michelle Rodriguez gets her. Hey, she already is missing one eye. She loses a second eye and still has a fight scene with Amber Heard. Oh That's my god, fantastic! She's so hot. Well, she's not not hot. Uh, um, and you know what? We were saying because she's she's a beauty queen. Yes, and we were saying like, oh man, someone's got to decapitate somebody with that crown. with the crown. Yeah, and you know what? They fucking do it. They like you said she she needs to odd job somebody with that crown. Yep, and then it happens. Yeah, twice. Well, she doesn't. She doesn't cut anybody's head off no no she no, gets, no she gets stabbed in the tit with it which is actually pretty hilarious right. also yes because at first she gets like she gets stabbed in the chest and i was like that is not a fatal wound right. like you cannot kill someone with like uh, an inch and a half of a crown right. like that's not that's not gonna get through the damage no. and it's like no it's just like sticking out of her breast and it's, it's great staying right there. yeah <laughs> and then michelle rodriguez shoots her with a laser pistol yeah like Oh. Like, like you do. That's, well, uh, yes, even though blind. I was like, are you going to go all Matrixy? I know. Is she going to start seeing agents? I really like, there's like the Mexican laborers, Mexican day laborers <laughs> in space. Like, we have to take them up. They're, they're, they're literally, literally abducting yes, Mexican day laborers to like build their space station. Teleporting up Mexicans so that they can work for cheap in space. Mel Gibson can see the future in this movie. Mel Gibson, the, a really nondescript, he was on a, he was on a space flight and he had the incident, which they don't explain in any At way, all. shape, or form. At all. It's just, all of a sudden, he can see the future. He'll like, you might want to take a step back before that thing falls and crushes his head. Like, what the fuck is that movie? What the fuck is that movie? <laughs> I like that Mel Gibson keeps appearing as villains now. No, I know, I agree. Uh, he's he's a much better villain in Expendables than this one. This movie, he basically shows up you know, three quarters of the way through so he can deliver a lot of explanation. It's not, you can't call it exposition at that point. It's just delivering a lot of explanation as to what we've seen and where this movie is about to head. Right. Um, and then... But somehow in, like, this time around, it's just crazy enough to work. Well, you know what it is? He's got, like, he doesn't do much. He has, no. like, he has the one sword fight... Um, right, right. And then he gets his crazy face burns, which is, that's an incredible scene. Uh, but, yeah, most of his screen time is just spent, like, walking around his secret lair and just, like, monologuing. Was, yeah. But they give him, he gets great dialogue. He, 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 I made a joke early on, because uh, William Sadler plays, William like. William Sadler has some crazy one-liners. Yeah, well, oh he's like, God, yeah, he's like awesome. a sheriff in Arizona, and yeah. it's like, he's playing the verbose redneck, which is, I love the, I love that character. The, yeah. verbo- the verbose redneck who just, he using $10 words left and right. Yeah. Uh, so Gibson kind of gets to do that, except yep. he just swears a lot. Uh, like, some of his dialogue, I couldn't even recreate it for you, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't know where to begin. No. Uh, nope. But, yeah, no, he's, he's a lot, he's a, he's a lot of fun. Um, everybody's and, a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Michelle Rodriguez gets frozen in carbonite. Yeah, with, while give, giving the, the finger. finger. <laughs> Again, apropos of nothing, it's just, all of a sudden it becomes like a Star Wars fan film halfway through. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can't, I can't explain it. When Danny Trejo makes his fast getaway escape in, in the, in the Landspeeder speeder golf cart, which is driving at most 
12 miles an hour. Like, it's, I mean, it's clearly a golf cart. Yeah, no, with exactly. A, with, a, with a fiberglass shell around it. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a very better than average chance that we, you know, like, this one didn't really set the world on fire. I think a lot of people had fun with it. Um, the violence is certainly a lot, a lot of fun here. Like, there's, you know, there's crazy situations, but like all of these crazy kills. Yeah. Like the, the, uh, Swiss army knife machete where he like stabs a guy and then, and then like, like scissor cuts his insides up. That's yeah. great. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Like that's a movie that like I want to like watch with a bunch of people and you know, a lot of beers oh, yeah. basically, you know, uh, that's a good party you, movie. You, you know what? This would be a great replacement for or a great addendum to mm. Remember, Sahara is awesome. Yeah. You could very easily play machete kills. Yeah. Is awesome. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I mean, but you'd have to play with tequila, and that's gonna be bad. yeah, or Chango, uh, which Ooh. also Ooh. nobody wants that. No. Uh, so uh, I, I still think there's a better than average chance that we might see some version of Machete that movie in, in space. space. Yeah, sign um, me up. Because this it's the thing, you know, Rodriguez, he, he kind of just can do whatever he wants to that degree. Like he he has a he has a crazy infrastructure. Yeah. Down in Austin. I mean, he has, like, sound stages in his backyard, essentially. Mm. So, and that's a movie that, you know, a movie with, a movie set in space, that's going to be all green screen and a couple of sets, you know? Yeah. Like, that's that. That's the kind of thing that he, even though he, it sounds ridiculous to do a movie, like, like, to do a space movie, that's actually probably cheaper for him than, like, this one, for example. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, I think I think we might. I think it, it, it might take a while, but I feel like at some point he's going to be like, yeah, you yeah. know what? I feel like making that movie now feels like the right time. And it's not like Danny Trejo's going to age. Well, exactly. He seems to be immortal. He clearly loves working with Trejo. Trejo's not going anywhere. So uh, I, I feel like yeah, at some point he's just going to yeah. Let's just let's just make that movie. Let's do this thing. Yeah. Um. And I, I can't. I can't wait. I, I hope mean, that really happens. The, the funny thing is, or the the real. Where is that one gonna go? Yeah, well, where do you go after? I don't know. He should get more of a than a trilogy. I feel like is he, gonna, is he gonna fly off into the sunset with Michelle Rodriguez or something? Aliens. Machete. It goes into a wormhole and he meets Groot. I think that's probably how this movie ends. Oh, that would be awesome, right? That would be awesome. Here's the other thing that I love about Machete in this movie is all of his weird. Like <laughs> machete, don't, machete, machete don't tweet. <laughs> machete don't smoke. He, he's like the opposite of Bo Jackson. Yeah, like he just gives these like little one liner like mach, machete don't know, <laughs> machete don't fail. <laughs> just like crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is fun. It's fun. It. Yeah. Watch it. It's, yeah, it's it's streaming. It is not what you think it is. It's on Netflix. It's get have get a bunch of friends over. Get a bunch of beers. It's really fun. Yeah. Uh. Jamie hated it. Jamie uh, Jamie was in the room and hated every second of it, uh, which is not at all surprising to me. But uh, I dug, I dug, I dug the fuck out of it. Yeah, so. I mean, it's just fun. Yeah. It's like a good stupid movie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Heart of the Ghostbusters, Heart of the Ghostbusters for Machete that, kills. See, this is actually really difficult. It's really difficult to choose anyone that isn't Machete. Well, yes. <laughs> and we have a long-standing unspoken policy about Not choosing the protagonist. Yeah, you can't do that. I'm tempted, but I won't. Yeah. Um, I hate to say it. It might be Mel Gibson. Yeah? I just feel like that would be the craziest. Like, 
Mel Gibson is the reason this movie goes nuts. Yeah. And picture, like, I'm going to go have a beer with this guy that I just met. And then, you know, three hours later, you're you're in a bunker wearing a Star Trek uniform mm-hmm. in a land speeder. He builds his own spaceships. Like, it's all, like... I can get that, on board with that. That evening is going somewhere you didn't think. But it's somewhere that he thought because he could see the goddamn future. Which, by the way, would be great. At, at parties? A, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a, what a great trick at the bar. Like, it's like, it's, it's like, he's the perfect wingman. Yeah, right? No, I can kind of get on board with Mel Gibson. Yeah. Um, there are two guys that we did not talk about. Which the face they're, changing guy? They're mentioning. Yes, there's the face changing guy. Uh, so there's this hitman character who becomes who, la- eventually Lady Gaga. Yeah, he seems to just be like an infinite number of Mission Impossible rubber masks. Where yes. every time somebody <laughs> sees him, but this is the thing that is like ridiculous because it's like he kills them because they saw him, and then he, he changes, changes his face. That seems to be like that seems to defeat the purpose. Yeah, but it is a good way to have. Uh, Walton Goggins and Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> yeah. and Lady Gaga all show up. And be the same character. And Antonio Banderas. And Antonio yes, Banderas. Antonio Banderas. So yeah, all playing the same character. That's, you know, that's a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence in cinema. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I love is, like, it's Cuba Gooding Jr. and it's Lady Gaga, but, like, for the most part, it's still Walton Goggins' voice the whole time. Oh, yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Antonio Banderas' face with Walton Goggins' voice coming out. It's just, it's just so a really weird. bizarre disconnect to that. Yeah. Um, so I love that character. I thought it was really... But, yeah, you can't... He can't be your drinking buddy because he'd shoot you as soon as the round was over. Right. Um, or before. Or, or before, for that matter. And then change his face. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Nope. Um I also really dug Demian Bashir. Demian Bashir was the um, uh, oh. the Mexican like revolutionary slash dictator slash secret agent slash who had Stark. multiple personality syndrome and a, and a bomb yeah wired wired to his heart. Which, by the way, when like that, you realize that never went anywhere. Well, no, because then they were carrying the heart around in a jar, and then Mel Gibson shoots the heart, and a five-minute timer starts. Yeah, that goes and then we for all, ninety years, and then we all forget <laughs> because all this other space shit is happening. You're like, oh, yeah. I'm just sort of over this. Yeah, which means that theoretically, uh, Carlos Estevez. Yeah, right. Yes, Carlos Estevez as the president, <laughs> which like. Oh God! I mean that—that's one of those things. Like that, I mean that's funny on paper. I think the, the funniest thing about Carlos Estevez is Charlie Sheen or is Martin Sheen. Yeah, no, yeah. The funny—the funniest thing about Charlie Sheen as the president in this movie is that his name is Rathcock. Yes, which I didn't realize until halfway through the movie when there's inexplicably like a campaign ad in the middle of the movie because they have to like fill some time in like yeah. a blackout yeah so it's like they just insert this random campaign ad where he's got an ak-47 in the oval office and they, wait his name is rathcock his name's been rathcock this whole movie <laughs> president rathcock how, how did wait, i miss is, that what is his slogan it's president rathcock and a name you like of like a person you trust yeah something. yeah it's something like, really something like a name you like the last like, four years have been pretty groovy that's yeah. what he says just, <laughs> uh, oh god it's it's but no, I dug. She's crazy. I dug Damian Bashir as a crazy multiple personality guy. I think that actor is really fun. Yeah, um, it's nice to see him kind of cut loose a little bit. He like he's on that show uh, The Bridge on FX, which mm-hmm. is very serious. Um, and I feel like he often plays kind of darker roles. Um, but no, I think I, he he can be kind of manic and and fun. Uh, so I really dug him. But 
Yeah, I think I also I think I also have to go with Mel Gibson. It's just going to be a as the crazy night burned masked space villain who I loves mean, Star Trek and Star Wars is very bizarre. I mean, he, he's he like built doing an inside out gun and he is fucking telepathic and, powers and he's doing his best Doctor Doom impression. Yes, yeah, exactly. And, and he has a uh, what do you call it mask um, at the beginning for no reason. Oh, a luchador mask. Yes, yeah, a luchador he wears mask. a luchador mask. For no reason. Just because. With, with, with his company logo on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. you don't notice. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, no, I'm... Dr. I'm, Vaz. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to watch that movie many more times. Don't you... Do not feel compelled to go back and watch the first one. It's no. fine. There's some moments in it, but it's not... It's, it pales in comparison to this one. Yeah. So... Uh, well, all right. I think that's. I think that's, that probably just about does it for us. That's, you know, it's, it's in the ninety-minute ballpark. That's about where we like to be. Um, next week. What is next week? What are we doing next week? Well, I'll tell you this much. Uh, oh, next week is difficult. Next week, well, next week we're going to see Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters on so we'll Friday. we'll be talking. We'll be talking Ghostbusters for sure. Uh, it's the thirtieth anniversary. What are we gonna say about Ghostbusters? I don't. I mean, I well, you know, I don't know. You have a Ghostbusters tattoo on your person. I do. I mean, it's not really gonna be a. It was a birthday present from you to yourself. To myself, yeah. With love. That's there was quite a bit of love. Yeah, I mean, it's not gonna be overtly critical per se, but uh, I you know I think there's something to be said for how it plays in a modern landscape. Um, I, I've seen this movie. Have you ever seen Ghostbusters in a theater before? I don't think so. I seen it once in a theater in L.A. It was actually the first date that Jamie and I went on when we first started dating. Boy, did uh, you do that right? Yeah, I know, right? And she stuck around, so that was that was the indicator, I guess. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a great print, but I will say it did. There were some things that I noticed that I as never noticed on DVD. As long as they didn't pan and scan it. No, I mean Egon right out of that lobby. Yeah, every time. No, really, it was just that the the. Theater I saw it was a, like kind of a rundown little theater in Culver City. It wasn't a it wasn't yeah. a great theater. So uh, so I'm excited to see it. You know it's fully restored for uh, you know in 4K mm-hmm. uh, for the 30th anniversary. So I'm 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 really excited to see that. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, and and because they're going to see be... it with a big audience. I to... feel like we saw it in a mostly empty theater. Well, so not only that, but just to see real effects in you know 4K. Yeah, like real effects. Oh, totally. No computers. Uh, but other than that, I'm not sure. We don't. Have, we're, we're we're we're. It's September as of next week. Yeah. Um, and we are officially entering that sort of autumn dregs of the box office, where there aren't a lot of big big releases coming out. Everyone's sort of in a holding pattern until, mm. uh, you know, the big award season stuff starts to hit. Yeah. Uh, which will be, you know, probably late September, mid October. We'll start to get those first right. indicators. Like last year, uh, Captain Phillips and Gravity came out in October, beginning of October, and those are sort of that was sort of the beginning of the big award season stuff. So, um, there, yeah, we, there's a there's a not very interesting looking uh, horror movie set in the catacombs below Paris, Meh. as above, so below. I don't really have any interest in that. Uh, oh, there's the dolphin movie. Yeah, we're not going to see the Dolphin movie. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, November Man, where Pierce Brosnan's like an aging hitman. Meh. Yeah, I kind. I mean, I'm sure it's fine. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Meh. I'm not all up on top of it or anything. Um, well, as above, so below. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's actually there's this really interesting looking movie called The Congress with Robin Wright, where she plays herself. She gets like digitized. Uh, into a computer in the future for me, it's it's like a bunch of different animation styles in real life, and uh, okay. it's supposed to be really weird. 
uh, and I'm really excited to check it out. I feel like it's probably not going to be playing here next weekend. I feel like it's going to roll out later. I'll tell you, the other one that's opening next weekend that I'm actually really interested in um, is Life of Crime. Uh, and that's uh, it's based on an Elmore uh, an Elmore Leonard novel. Is there um, a talking tiger in it? No, no. Uh, Life of Crime. It's got uh, John Hawks and Most Def uh, and Tim Robbins and Ella uh, Fisher um, and, and Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston's like the wife, and they kidnap the wife of the wealthy guy, and then he doesn't want to. He wants to divorce her, so he doesn't want to pay the ransom. And Is there a monkey pooping? I don't think there's a monkey pooping. So probably not as good as a monkey pooping from the producers. Uh, so I like I I don't know if that's going to be all that good. It's gotten like almost no like steam behind it, like no marketing. Mm. Um, so like it clearly feels like it's getting swept under the rug. But it's Elmore Leonard, and I love Elmore Leonard. Okay. So I mean, I kind of want to see it. It's a, yeah. technically it's a prequel of sorts to Jackie Brown, because what? yeah, John Hawks plays the younger ver- John Hawks and most Def play the younger versions of the Robert De Niro Samuel L. Jackson characters from Jackie Brown I might have to watch that again it's yeah I haven't watched Jackie Brown in ages of a long time. in fact I may have only seen Jackie Brown once all the way through um, I'm not even sure if that I mean I've certainly seen it I, I think I've only seen it once all the way well, through well also that I mean it's timing because I, I it was the First thing he did after Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was Reservoir, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown. Yeah. and I, Well, I mean, I feel like, at the time anyway, it seemed to me that yeah. Pulp Fiction was a bigger splash than Reservoir Dogs. Um, in retrospect... Oh, no, absolutely. That, I mean, at the yeah. time, yeah, because Reservoir Dogs, you know, it never really got a big yeah. release. It was like, yeah, a lot of people talking about it, and people found right. it on, you know, on right. tape later, but, you know... Uh, Pulp Fiction, that was, like, the movie that, yeah. like, threw everybody for a loop that year. Yeah. And then Jackie Brown came out. I was like, oh, it's Pam Greer. Yeah. What is she doing? I don't remember. I remember nothing about that movie. Yeah. Except I, that Pam Greer's in it. And you know what? And a lot of people maintain that that's sort of, you know, the secret, Tarantino's, like, secret best movie or sneaky best movie. Huh. Um, there's a lot of people that still hold that as, like, their favorite Tarantino movie. Yeah. Um, I remember it being really long. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I, I really I don't remember anything specific about that movie. I remember the huh. people being in it, and that's kind of it. Yeah. I remember uh, Michael Keaton plays a character who then also he shows up also playing the same character in uh, Out of Sight with uh, Clooney and and J Lo. Uh, he plays the same character in both yeah. movies because they're also it's also they're both Elmore Leonard movies. Yeah, so. it's I mean it's been so long. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Huh. So well, maybe maybe we could try. Maybe we can check that one out. We'll we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, but we'll certainly be talking Ghostbusters for sure because yeah, because we're we love it because we love it. Yes. Because it's fucking Ghostbusters. All right. Thank you for uh, coming once again, Bartholomew. Always a pleasure. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, you yeah. can follow along here on the blog at uh, dailyscreening.com. You can follow me on uh, Twitter at Daily Screening or uh, Instagram or Facebook. Um, or any of those other social media networks of choice. Uh, And then, of course, you can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud uh, and on iTunes, and please, you know, rate us and review us on iTunes. It seems to hold some sway of some kind. People people find us better when we have more positive reviews. So, hey, do that if you like us. Uh, And if you don't like us, you don't have to tell anybody. It's fine. You can keep that to yourself. Yeah. 
I hope you've had fun listening because we've certainly had fun talking. Have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow.